What's up, everyone? We're back for another episode of Locked On Bucks. Frank is also back after a couple of days' absence. Uh, I hear he was on a little bit of a road trip. He may or may not be back in Wisconsin. We'll get to that probably at the end of the podcast. We've got pizza questions. Of course, every time Frank returns to Wisconsin, we need to get to the bottom of that. But we also continue to need to get to the bottom of the Bucks roster situation right now, particularly the Wisconsin herd. Have they got any players left? So we're going to break it all down. Frank's got takes. I heard that Frank's got takes. So let's get to them. <laughs> Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pippen. You can see and hear me on this show daily. Find my other work over at ESPN and joining me is the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode. That's brought to you by True Bill. True Bill is a new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on the ones you do want to keep. So we'll, uh, we'll mention True Bill a little bit later on, but also... Uh, even during this busy time, we appreciate you making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. And Frank, it's good to have you back on the podcast. Perhaps not so good to have you back on the podcast after two straight losses. And I don't know if you're going to this game against the Houston Rockets in a couple of days here, but if I know you, there is probably some level of anxiety or stress about the potential lineups that you're going to see in this game. Uh, unfortunate timing. Are you actually going to this game, by the way? I think I am going to the game with my wife. So, um, yeah, yeah it, it, it's going to be the, you know, civil war of my household. My wife being from Houston, my wife <laughs> who's a Rockets fan. Um, although not not really much of a Rockets fan anymore. She doesn't, hasn't really, and not just because they're, they've been bad. She, she actually kind of sort of, she got, actually, she honestly got too stressed out watching them, like during the kind of peak Harden era. And uh, just kind of was like, you know what? I, it's sports. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to kind of, take a little more distance so um but at so far we're planning to go um i was just looking trying to get parking i think i may have missed the boat on that but um <clears throat> but yeah we're we're presumably going um originally our, our neighbors who took over my parents old season tickets uh offered us as well the the christmas day game and i was like oh i'll, I'll go to you know my dad asked me, i was like I'll, I'll go to both and then my mom was like ah let's we want to have you know let's not have you guys going to a game on Christmas because we want to do family Christmas dinner thing or whatever. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, and now I'm like, oh, thank God. Cause like, I, I don't want to go. See, I don't want to watch like <laughs> so this like half big version of the bucks twice in three days, go all the way down there, you know, during a whatever, whatever 18th COVID wave we're in right now. Um, that's honestly like not, not really at the top of my list of things to do. So so yeah, my my one Bucks game. We'll see. Maybe I'll get another one in later this year. Um, hopefully in the playoffs. But uh, but yeah, my one Bucks regular season game that I'll likely see this year will be a uh, Bucks Rockets home game in which uh, Giannis and a number of other Bucks are are obviously out. Uh, hopefully we'll see Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. Um, so that that would at least make it a, way more interesting than Saturday's game. 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, that is my, my expected, uh, Wednesday night, uh, viewing. So, um, so we'll see how that goes. Gee, so I guess what you're trying to say is you were willing to risk it all for a game six championship clinching game, but you're not willing to do it for a glorified G League game on Christmas. That is a little bit harsh by you, Frank Madden. Uh, we it's, thought it's you a were a diehard. It's a bit of a come down, right? Uh, I mean, and, and, and it's the same thing, right? When Giannis, when the news came about Giannis getting COVID, it's just like, hey, you know what? He dodged the bullet. Thanasis gets COVID late in the NBA finals. Giannis somehow doesn't and delivers just obviously a life-changing performance for, for all of us Bucks fans. So um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and act like the Bucks are, are you know, uh, the victims of such horrible luck, even though it feels like that right now with all the injuries, things worked out pretty well in, uh, in July of this year. And um, you know, you, you knew that there may be, maybe a little bit of knock on effect playing a really long season. Obviously all the COVID stuff doesn't have anything to do with having a long season last year, but uh We'll see. I, and I, I listened to you and Justin the other night and I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see the point as much as I would happily see the, the, the season get, you know, shut down for a couple of weeks while the bucks are dealing with all their absences. I, I agree with you guys. I mean, even though there's obviously a bunch of high profile players out right now, um, I mean, it, it would feel somewhat arbitrary to do now because there's no reason to believe that it's necessarily going to be any different, you know, two weeks from now, three weeks from now. And I mean, even if you're dealing with a lot of star players out on Christmas, that sucks for the league. It sucks for fans. You know, who, who else is going to be, I mean, KD, Harden, Giannis, I don't even know. I can't even recall who else is going to be out due to COVID on Christmas, but um, it's bad for the sport. Um, but you can't just cancel the games and say, all right, we're not having Christmas on, you know, January 7th. Christmas happens or it doesn't. So um, I, I'm not surprised at all that they're going to keep playing the games and it's not ideal, but um, it is what it is. And obviously you just hope that things improve from here on out. And um, we'll, we'll just, you know, hopefully with, with the bucks, obviously hopefully you start to see some of these guys come back sooner rather than later. So I've said my thoughts on it, so I won't dive back into it again personally myself. But uh, the one thing I will note, you mentioned Diana. So I double checked this today. So unless I've got my timing wrong here, um, and it's weird because I jump on Twitter and the dates that I get are like Australian dates and then it's US and I'm trying to figure out whether the tweet is whatever time it came out. But I believe Giannis went into the health and safety protocols on December 14, unless I'm wrong. Maybe it was December 15, but either way, it was right around that 10-day window, um, which is the 10-day minimum unless you have two consecutive negative tests within a 24-hour span. So basically, we knew that as soon as Giannis went into the protocol at that time, that it was really going to be touch and go whether he comes back to play um, for Christmas Day. The Bucks have a game against Houston, as we already mentioned. Then they travel to Dallas, so it looks like Giannis is going to miss the showdown with Jason Kidd in Dallas, which is going to be very disappointing. But I guess there is some possibility still that he would come back and play, but when you consider that he would have to go through the, the physical return and everything that's entailed... Uh, with COVID and how they clear you and the, the cardiac testing and all all this sort of stuff that they'll go through, it does seem kind of unlikely. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting question, right? I think uh, it must have been about the 14th, right? Because the 13th was a Monday, and that was I think the Celtics game. Um, I know your your days are screwed up because you're always a day ahead of us, Kane. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, so I, I think it was the 14th. It was the day after that that he went into protocols, um, or at least he went on the injury report um, before the Wednesday game. So. Um, who knows, right? And you just cross your fingers that he's doing fine and that he's nearing a return. But 
um, I would say, you know, uh, get get ready for a underwhelming Christmas Day matchup um, with the Boston Celtics, who I think also, I think what Horford, and I think they've got a couple other guys um, in the protocols now as well on the Boston side, although obviously no one of the magnitude, to be honest. So, uh, it, yeah, it's just, it's just too bad, um, but um, it's just kind of where we are right now. And as much as I joke about uh, LeBron and the Lakers, I should say I am not going to have, as much as people want to see Giannis on Christmas, I am having nothing to do with rushing these guys back before they're ready, by the way, as well. I don't really care about the Christmas Day game. I'd rather these guys be healthy, uh, not just for basketball reasons, but obviously outside of that. Um, I want to ask you about the Bucks roster, though, because what we've seen today is the G League Wisconsin herd I don't know whether they're going to have a team left because all their good players keep on getting uh, taken by other teams. Uh, so I want to ask you about the, the roster here in just a little bit. But before we get to that, uh, I do have to ask you, or I do need to speak about the sponsor of the show, as I already mentioned before, True Bill. Frank, are you a guy that uh, has a subscription and then completely forgets about it? You, I think you might be a little yes. bit... Uh, you are. Okay, yes. good. I but that's only because you literally everything. Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. So maybe you should uh, maybe you should take note of True Bill uh, because on average they can save you up to seven hundred and twenty bucks per year, and you might be on the higher end of the scale there, uh, Frank. Because companies uh, do make subscriptions hard to cancel, and because you have to subscribe to absolutely everything these days, you just forget about it anyway. So True Bill makes it incredibly simple. You can just link your accounts, and True Bill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap, and also. Uh, they'll just be able to uh, remind you of what you are actually subscribed to, which is half the problem. Truebill Concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for these subscription scans. Uh, scams starts canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now, truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. That's truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Uh, and the handy part is if you have any spare money and you are into uh, sports betting, maybe a few bucks here or there, then betonline.ag has you covered for all uh, the season's props, odds, and lines more than ever before, particularly as football starts to make a run towards the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. It could be basketball, it could be football, NHL, boxing, UFC. If you're into Vegas casino games, they've got that there as well. So don't wait to take take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2021 uh, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's bet online where the game starts. Uh, like always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day, particularly during the holiday uh, season, Frank. I can just imagine all these families getting together and they say, let's put on Locked On Bucks. There's nothing we would rather do right now than have the whole family listening to this random Australian and Frank rambling on for 10-minute separate spiels about what his thoughts are about the Milwaukee Bucks. It sounds like the perfect Christmas, but we thank you for doing that. And uh, like I say, if you haven't joined us on YouTube, make sure you do that as well and subscribe. Uh, if you haven't done so yet. So the Bucks roster. So today I see the tweets come through. Wendy and Gabriel, we spoke about yesterday. He was off to the Nets. Jeremiah Jones, I believe, went to the Lakers. And then Jamario? Uh, we just... Jamari... <laughs> Jamario Jones <laughs> went to the Lakers. And then also uh, Rajon Tucker, one of the most ferocious dunkers in the United States, has also signed a deal. I can't even remember where that was. But the point is, 
the, the Wisconsin herd, all their good players are getting snatched up. And of course, they're not going to see the likes of Sandro Mamu Kalashvili or Javante Smart as well, because they are starting players on your NBA Milwaukee Bucks. So the Wisconsin herd are getting smashed, as is the rest of the G League here, right at the time where the G League showcase is on right now. And typically these guys get to show out in front of NBA executives and uh, that type of thing. But are you reading in anything to the fact that the Bucks aren't signing any of these guys? I, I, we always have to try and guess what the situation is right now. But I feel like if the Bucks aren't signing anyone, and of course this could change over the course of the next 24 hours, does that mean that they, they think that these guys are coming back soon? Does this mean that they think they're fine? Does it mean anything? Well, I, I mean, I, I think the bottom line, let's start with the first off, like what is the value of having a, one of these 10 day hardship uh, exception guys? And I would say, generally speaking, probably not much. Um, now, if you're like barely unable to feel the team, then obviously you could argue, well, uh, you know, if a guy can give you any, any minutes whatsoever, that can be helpful. But um, for the most part, I mean, I think the, the reason the Bucks aren't, you know, adding any, any of these guys is because one, I think Wes Matthews, we'd have to check when Wes Matthews, what Wes went into the protocols, what, at least like a couple days before Giannis, I think. Um, yeah. So I think, I think probably there's a, a decent chance that maybe Wes is going to be ready by Wednesday uh, for the Rockets game. So that brings you, you know, one guy back uh, from the, from the protocols. Um, and I mean, again, it's just like, what is, you know, really going to be the value of bringing a guy in who, you know, basically, you're just going to get rid of in less than two weeks anyway, probably not that high. Um, and I think if you do make a move like this, I think you're mainly just doing it because you're, you're mainly doing it with, you know, a, a guy that you like know or have had some familiarity with probably, um, you know, we've already seen the bucks do that, bringing back West in the first place. Obviously that wasn't, you know, uh, a 10 day thing, right. That we'll, we'll see how long they keep them, but that was for a little more, at least until January 7th, most likely. Um, but, uh, but I think it's really just, you know, I think this is basically the NBA's way of just saying like, all right, guys, um, we don't want to cancel games. So we're going to just basically say you can sign and you will have to sign guys to make sure that you hit your roster minimum so that you can actually play these games and get these games in, get your gate, not cancel games, and we can move on and hopefully get through this at some point in the near future. And if you're the players union, you say... You're going to get more players signed and there's going to be no disincentive for teams to sign those guys. Yeah, great. No downside for the players, right? You're just adding more jobs basically for players. So I view this as probably less about, you know, the general managers like saying, oh, man, let me sign a random G League guy or guy out veteran off the street so that I can, you know, have a ninth guy tonight when my team is racked with COVID. I don't think this is really necessarily like the GMs clamoring for this. I think this is more about basically the NBA saying like, okay, we got to get to these eight, eight guy minimums so that we can play these games because trying to make up games is a huge pain with, you know, arena calendars and things like that. Um, and there's just a huge headache from it. So I think to me, this is just basically the league office and the players union saying, yeah, sure. You know, more, some, some more scratch for our guys who are currently veteran free agents, nothing wrong with that. So, um, I don't read a whole lot into it. And I think the bucks, the fact that they haven't signed anybody tells you that like, they just don't see there's much value in this. You know, you're not expecting obviously uh, any of the COVID absences to be long-term you know, knock on wood, obviously. Right. Um, but at this point, 
I just would say like, you know, don't, I, I don't really view these as particularly helpful. Um, I just think they're almost sort of just a way for the league to make sure that the games get played. So I don't know, you know, Hey, um, I joked on Twitter that I actually was thinking today about like, would I rather see the Bucks sign DJ Wilson or Ursan Elisova, <laughs> which is not something I thought I would be entertaining in my mind in late 2021. Um, and partly cause I saw some, somebody retweeted some highlights of DJ playing with the Oklahoma city blue, which is the thunders G league team. Um, and I'm in Mequon right now and Ursan literally lives less than two miles from my house. I once looked this up. Uh, so, you know, if he needs a ride to the game on Wednesday, I mean, I can, I can pick him up. He's on the way literally to the arena. So, uh, but, uh, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, we haven't seen any videos of Ursan shooting jump shots in his, uh, in his driveway this year, like we did last year. So, um, I, I don't know where, where he's at physically, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like if you sign some guy, like, again, like, you know, does the coaching staff, do you guys want to spend a bunch of time getting some new guy up to speed on, you know, uh, your playbook or something like, <laughs> like that? Like I doubt it. Right. So to be honest, if you did this, it probably would just be some, you know, preference for, Hey, G league guy who has at least some familiar familiarity with our system. Um, or, you know, a guy who played for us last year and who's still a free agent or something like that. Right. So again, not to can get your hopes up, uh, on, on a nurse on Ilyasova signing or something like that. Um, by the way, I would take DJ Wilson just cause he's actually playing G league basketball right now. And I have no idea what her son is doing, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, um, that, that these are the kinds of things that we're debating, you know, on day two of three off days during, uh, another COVID spike in the NBA, right? This is, this is not, these are not the conversations we wish we were having, but, uh, just again, I, I feel like I've said it five times in this podcast already, but you know, this is just sort of where we are. Well, Ersan to me. Uh, by the way, uh, the reason why people think that Ersan would be a good addition to this roster or why the Bucks should consider bringing him over is because of the fact that uh, it's such a nostalgic idea to bring Ersan back. Of course, I did find myself last night on his Twitter timeline just to see if there's been any uh, activity, and there has been very little activity. And I did get a tinge of sadness when I went back and saw his quote tweet about congratulations, Milwaukee, about winning the title. It was kind of a... It's kind of a tough tweet to look at because, you know, I'm just picturing Ersan obviously feeling kind of weird about the whole situation. But he's a dad, and I, I wouldn't have any concern. I'm not a dad myself personally, in case anyone's wondering. So this is there's no, uh, you know, physical evidence that, that I should know this. But I do think that I could see him in Mequon there uh, shoveling daily, probably helping the elderly neighbors shovel as well. So I, I couldn't personally, I can't really picture Ersan um, returning and, and, uh, you know, fat Ursan isn't something I can picture, Frank. <laughs> well, there's no, there's no, there's no snow right now. I don't, I don't know when the last oh. time we had snow. I don't think it was that long ago. But, okay. um, but you know, we don't, we don't have any snow on the ground. Right? I only got here uh, on Sunday night. But, um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I we'll, we'll see. I, I would say this. I, I don't think the Bucks are stumbling over themselves to, to, to add some more bodies, even though obviously they're very short, but Hey, I mean, the good news is like from, you know, the garbage we saw on Saturday night, you are adding Chris Middleton and Drew holiday, presumably on Wednesday. Uh, so that obviously significantly raises the floor of your team. And, you know, I thought it was funny that I actually didn't hear the the comment until Justin brought it up on the last podcast about <laughs> Bud referring to it as a bullpen game, because I mean, that's exactly what it is, right? I mean, Pat Connaughton, it's not like they played Pat. What did Pat play? Like 20 minutes or something like that? Like, you know, they were not going all out in this game. This was very much, you know, like the Tim Frazier 53-minute type of um, mindset. Like, we're just going to 
have these guys who are not part of our rotation eat innings today. Uh, and, you know, even Pat Connaughton, who obviously has been awesome for them, like didn't even play that much because obviously he was also coming off uh, a long night the the previous night, which, you know, to me made it, I was, I was really annoyed, you know, not really annoyed, but it was, I was, it was disappointing that they weren't able to pull out that game. Cause you would have just loved to just snatch that Friday night game. Cause the Pelicans suck. And if there's a team on the road that you can actually beat with what the bucks had on the floor, like that was actually a decent chance to do it. So to squander that opportunity, you know, it was kind of a bummer. Obviously they won on Wednesday, which was nice um, playing, you know, without, uh, without Chris and Giannis being able to do it against the Pacers, you know, again, Pacers just, suck anytime they see the box i guess but um but yeah it would have been nice to to steal that friday game just you know given the the opposition because you knew even with cleveland not at full strength i mean mobley was out um they've obviously you know sexton's out for the year etc but uh, you know again you look at the way the Cavs have been playing and just how few how few dudes and how little nba experience the bucks were throwing out there it was going to be a tall order so at a minimum i you know expect to see a much better version of the bucks on wednesday um, but you know, the Rockets are frisky. We saw that the last time these two teams played. So you really can't bank on anything right now. And, and to be honest, I mean, that's the way when I feel when, when Giannis is not on the floor, I'm taking nothing for granted. Right. And as we often say, when, especially when Giannis isn't in the game, isn't playing for whatever reason, you just feel like it, it so often just comes down to which team shoots better from three. And obviously on Wednesday night, Rockets love to shoot threes. Uh, we'll see kind of how, how it goes, but um, again, you'd, you'd love to, uh, snatch a win there rather than, you know, drop a third straight after obviously getting to a really nice position, um, in terms of conference seating. And now you're kind of falling back down into the pack again. By the way, when you talk about having a bullpen game, like there's a big difference between talking about the Baltimore Orioles bullpen and perhaps the, the Morky Brewers when you're rolling out Josh Hader. I'm not sure if the Bucks had a Josh Hader on the floor the other night, but also Grayson Allen as well. So anyway, Bud's a big baseball fan. So. Shout out to him for the reference. I thought it was appropriate. I, I kind of liked it. And I would like to think that Bud uh, thought it was um, pretty humorous as well. But I have got a question for you. We were discussing this in our DM chat a little bit earlier. There is in the somewhat not too distant future going to be a decision that's going to be made around uh, Boogie Cousins. So I want to touch on that. The Bucks roster is perhaps still heading to the trade deadline. Still needs a boost. But speaking of boost, you can switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. We're, we're talking a lot about saving money on today's podcast. But you can get three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line and a free 5g phone when you switch so you can get the the latest uh episodes of whatever it is you're watching or whatever you would use your phone data for but it's all on one of america's largest 5g networks more power to save boost mobile Uh, and when you switch to boost uh, you're not only saving money but uh, it's the knowledge you'll uh, gain frank and you just uh, it's it's honestly crazy how powerful you could possibly become with this boost uh, network here there's more power to save with boost mobile uh, the disclaimer we have free phone limited to new customers and one per line additional restrictions apply offers and coverage are not available everywhere or for all phones or networks see boostmobile.com for details We've brought up Boogie Cousins a fair bit since he signed with the Bucks, And part of that is because it is such a curious signing for this, this former superstar big man and just wondering, does he have any juice left? Do the Bucks believe that he's a guy that they can carry through to the postseason? What does it mean for Brook Lopez? There is just a lot of storylines attached to what some people would think is an inconsequential signing just to have a body on the roster to get through the next month or so. 
where are you at with this? And you bring up a guy like DJ Wilson, for instance, who, by the way, in that game, I think he had like 30 points and 15 rebounds or something like that down in the G League. Shout out to yeah. DJ. I mean, yeah. it, was, it, was a, it was a monster line. But, I mean, I think, honestly, like if we're talking about the type of athlete or the type of versatility a player could bring, listen, we saw DJ Wilson for a number of years. I'm not saying that all of a sudden he would come back and be this guy that's just this switchable you know, star on the defensive end. But I think the modern game is trending towards more DJ Wilson than it is Boogie Cousins at this point. Uh, you can correct me if I have these dates accurately, but I believe the 7th of January is when you would have to, you would waive a player and then January 10 is, is obviously the, the guarantee date moving forward again, if, if I've got that right or wrong, whatever it is. But point being, it's around two weeks away. Is there anything that you've seen uh, positive or negatively that gives you any type of inkling as to what the Bucks might do or what or what you think they should do regarding this this big man spot that they still are going to need to cover with Brook Lopez still out for a, a significant period of time. Yeah, I just I just don't see it with Boogie as far as you know. Again, this team ultimately like you know they got to get through the regular season. You obviously want to do well enough to position yourself seating wise well and you know ideally get as as much home court as you can throughout the playoffs but um i I don't know i mean i just i don't i just don't see boogie cousins giving you playoff minutes you know even if brooke lopez is is you know worst case scenario doesn't come back this season uh, and you don't have him in the playoffs um I, i just i just don't really see it with boogie and um you know i think he's shown some flashes of the boogie of old certainly especially from an offensive standpoint and, you know, defensively, he's got good hands. He's a good rebounder. Um, but I just, I just don't really see it with him. And I think, you know, the other component here is again, I mean, you just think about it. Like if you put yourselves in the shoes of the bucks and how they are going to make this decision, they have 15 roster spots right now. Right. Um, they have Wes and boogie are, are both, you know, on, on rest of your contracts, if they keep them through the end of the regular season, It'd be about like 1.2 million as far as cap number goes. But then again, you say, okay, on the margin, when you consider the tax component of that, and it's like, you know, three, almost four X that in tax payments, um, you know, you're talking about basically turning those guys into like five, $6 million costs to keep those guys through the full season. So, you know, if you're looking at Boogie and you're saying, this guy isn't going to be a playoff guy for us. He, you know, he doesn't fit what we do. He doesn't fit the way the game, you know, now gets generally played in the postseason. The flexibility you need, and the way that you know, big guys who aren't good defensively, and in some cases even pretty good defensive bigs, can get exploited. Um, then, you know, are, is it worth to keep him just as basically to like? eat some minutes, eat 15 minutes a game during the regular season and, and just be a big body that you can throw out there. Um, and so I, I think the, I think the question again, I, so I would say, I don't think I, I doubt the bucks are looking at boogie feeling like, Oh man, great. So glad we signed him, like keep him the rest of the year and hopefully Brooke comes back. And then he just basically collects DNPs. Um, I think the problem with them is, is, if you hit January 7th and you say, it's really not worth keeping this guy in just isolation, just thinking about what he brings and kind of what he does for the team. Um, then what, right? I mean, the whole point of bringing him was really because you didn't want Giannis 
uh, having to basically play a ton of center. You didn't want to have basically Bobby Portis and Giannis be your only big men. Um, and yes, Mamu has been playing some big minutes and, you know, has done what he could. Um, but he's not a center, right? I mean, he's not, he's not shielding Giannis when he's out there or something like that. So uh, the obvious question then becomes, well, if, if, if not Boogie, then who? And, you know, there's basically what, like a month between the guarantee date deadline and the trade deadline. So I, I think they're in a really awkward spot as far as making a decision around that. Um, I think, you know, one option they could do is they could, um, if they just don't really see it with Boogie, you know, they don't like the attitude. I mean, again, he's like, he's like by all accounts, a, a, a guy that's universally liked in the locker room and all that. I think in terms of his play on the court, I don't know. Um, it's, you know, he, his defense obviously can be problematic. Um, you know, his body language isn't always great, let's say. Um, and, uh, you know, he hasn't, his numbers, you know, look at kind of like the way he's been, like he hasn't been efficient as a scorer so far. Um, they have his on off numbers have actually been, been positive so far. Like they've been better with him on the floor than off, which, you know, to me was kind of one of those bellwether stats with him. Like, are they just getting killed when he's on the floor? You know, that's what we've seen in the playoffs. So, um, so I don't know, I'm kind of struggling with it because they have to figure out, I think they have to have somebody <laughs> who's relatively big um, that they keep on the roster. Uh, but I, I will say this, I would be surprised if he's on the roster at the end of the regular season. Let me frame it that way, because I think there's also the possibility that they say, all right, you know, we don't really have necessarily a better option as far as kind of tidying us over until we figure out if Brooke is coming back. Um, so we'll keep him, but then, you know, around the trade deadline, I mean, he's an easy contract to throw into a, a, a deal or to ship off somewhere for cash or something like that. Right. I mean, you could ship him off somewhere and send money with him and make, make it worth that while's team to, to like eat his salary basically. But then you're still going to have a benefit of saving money in the end because he's not on your end of your tax bill. So there's some like arbitrage you can kind of do there. So I wouldn't be surprised necessarily if he's, if he's kept beyond January 7th, just because they still, they're still going to need a big man. Um, but then let's just let's just see what happens. I don't think necessarily they're gonna like you know just start flat out wave him on you know March fifteenth or something because then you're gonna eat his full salary. Um, but I still wouldn't be surprised if he's moved around the deadline. And again, the big unknown in all this is how's Brook Lopez progressing, right? You know we're gonna be what roughly roughly only I guess two months into his recovery by the time we get to the deadline, something like that, which. I think is probably, you know, they'll probably know something, but, you know, again, look at kind of what happened last time. They obviously didn't think he was going to need surgery for the first month that he was out or they would have had to, they would have done it. Uh, the whole point was they just didn't know and backs are really difficult. So, um, so yeah, I'm, you know, he, he's fine. I think for now, just as far as like an inning eater. Um, but as far as a playoff <laughs> playoff solution, even like a 15 minute guy, I, I just don't see it, but I don't know. I, I would love for him to prove me wrong, but, um, and it's been a weird time since he's been with the team. Cause obviously he hasn't been playing with the honest that much. And that's really the, the right, the right measuring stick for him. It's not when he's starting and playing with, you know, Mamu is the other starter. Um, but I, I again, I, I think, I think if you come to that, you know, if you get to the point where the bucks are having to rely on boogie for minutes and, you know, again, worst case scenario, Brooke Lopez is not playing in the playoffs because of the injury. I mean, the Bucks' odds of winning a championship are maybe they're not zero, but they are to me extremely low. Um, so, 
anyway, not sure if that's too pessimistic for a Monday night and almost near Christmas. Uh, but, uh, but that's my, that's my extended, uh, DeMarcus Cousins ruminations. Yeah, I mean, he's only playing 14 minutes a game, which I think is up at the the upper level of probably what he's capable of. He's averaging 6.6 fouls per 36 minutes. I mean, he's been a foul machine. And I think part of that is him really wanting to make an impact. And then also the other part of it is that he can't actually get in the positions. And, and maybe some of that is still conditioning and trying to get back to it. But I suspect a lot of it is is just what he's been through. I think we're both in the same camp that we would have loved to see him do well. Um, because you can actually see the pain on his face, I feel like, when things aren't working out. Like, he so desperately wants to be probably what he was only a couple of years ago. So it is kind of tough to watch. Uh, again, uh, one question I do have as we wrap up this podcast, though. How many times in the history of the NBA do you think a player has been traded at the trade deadline by the same team in consecutive years? And, and the reason I bring that up is because uh, there are... 10-day contracts that are available on the 5th of January as well. So you could technically sign a guy to a couple of 10-day contracts and then obviously you'd have to give him a a contract before the trade deadline and then trade him again. So just because we've brought up DJ Wilson, could the Bucs cut Poogie Cousins, sign DJ Wilson to a couple of 10 days, give him a contract for the rest of the season, and then I don't even know if he's eligible to be traded then that soon, probably not. But could the Bucs trade DJ Wilson at consecutive trade deadlines? Incredible stuff. I thought you actually had had the data on it on guys who'd been traded at consecutive deadlines. No, no, I don't. Um, yeah, um, that's that's interesting. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Um, it's uh, it's it's it would be a very weird situation. Um, and yeah, and I, th- I think we'd it'd have to. I'd have to check. I think yeah, Boogie I... could still be. I think Boogie could still be traded by the trade deadline. Um, given when they signed him, so I, I mean, I think you could still you could still trade him and everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, a. It, it would not be an ideal situation to, to be put in that spot. Um, so yeah. And, and to be clear, I'm not like saying like, you know, DJ Wilson is some sort of, you know, answer. Cause I think we've seen at this point, he's not, no. um, but I, it is sort of interesting though, as well with these, you know, obviously DJ was a first round pick. So it's not like he was some second round, second rounder guy, but um, with these guys, and I've, I thought about it a bit with Jordan Wara this year, as we've seen him as well. Uh, it's 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 hard because not only is it hard to to have second rounders pan out, but it's also hard to have second rounders pan out for you as the team that drafted them, <laughs> and you know to 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 get enough out of them, put them in a position, and you know continue to invest in them, and then have them kind of do what you need to do. I mean, it you know a lot of these guys who are second round picks who eventually figure it out. Uh, it ends up being on, you know, the second, third, sometimes fourth team where they finally do that, right? I mean, we're going to see Christian Wood here uh, on on Wednesday. He goes undrafted, bounced around a ton, showed a lot of flashes, you know, with the Bucks in the G League, uh, Summer League, and even a little bit when he had some some random minutes for them. Goes to New Orleans, puts up a couple of big stat lines, gets waved by them, and then barely makes the Pistons the next year and then finally gets his chance, right? So, um, it, it, you know, basketball is just, it, it's hard. And for these guys that are a little more marginal, um, and who maybe don't have the highest maturity level or, you know, the kind of perfect all around skill set or the talent just to kind of let them kind of, you know, like a lot, again, some of these guys, like if you're a lottery pick, like, you know, you can probably be talented enough that a lot of these guys are going to be able to float around for a while 
as they figure it out versus guys who aren't at that level, like a DJ Wilson, uh, they end up, he, he doesn't have an NBA contract right now. Um, and so it doesn't mean necessarily that those guys are done, done, but again, the journey for all these guys can be, you know, very challenging. And I, do I think that Bud wants DJ Wilson on this team? Kind of doubt it. <laughs> Like, I mean, the fact that Bud pretty much never played him, uh, aside from, you know, that like short stretch a couple years back, probably says that he probably doesn't need to see more of DJ Wilson at this point uh, in his career. But, you know, who knows, right? Um, So, uh, but but you never know, right? And again, not to say that these guys become like big impact players, but but as we see, I mean, so many reclamation projects, like they need to change the scenery to maybe get the message, figure some things out. Um, and then you just hope that, you know, you're the team that figures it out with those guys. Right. I mean, look at the Bucks current roster, right? Pat Connaughton plays a couple years last year in Portland, played 82 games. I think is last year in Portland, right? I mean, played a fair bit. They end up basically letting him walk. They signed Nick Stauskas. I, I just remember like, I could not, I was just like, wait, the Blazers signed Nick Stauskas and they didn't seem to want Connaughton. Like, what does that say about Connaughton? Right. And then he comes Milwaukee and Let's be honest. I mean, a lot of Bucks fans would have been fine with seeing him walk uh, the previous offseason when they gave him the quote unquote big contract. So it's just hard. It's just hard to, you know, if, when you're an NBA player to, to find that that right role, find that right rhythm and kind of be the best version that you of yourself that you can be. Um, so, again, long roundabout way of saying I don't necessarily think that that's going to be DJ Wilson's future with the Bucks or potentially anyone. But um but, but you never know, right? And, that, and that's what I think is so makes the job so challenging for front offices, especially when you're in a position like the Bucks, where, you know, you're not going to have high draft picks every year and, you know, multiple first, multiple seconds. You know, you have to be able to go to the scrap heap. You have to go find the random guys who maybe haven't panned out elsewhere and figure out which of those guys might actually fit in your system and might actually be able to kind of blossom this, you know, a real NBA player. All right, this is officially the longest pod we've done in a long time, and we spent uh, the majority of it talking about DJ Wilson and Demarcus about Cousins. Nothing. Talking about nothing. By the way, one can I ask? Can I add one thing on the Thanasis thing? The quickly, the yes. Fam. That play pissed the hell out of me because he got he got like a rebound. I think Javante Smart or some guard was like running up the floor. He doesn't pass it to him. He dribbles up the floor and then he tries to do a dribble handoff, botches it. His turnover leads to a breakaway. Smart knocks it away, and then you know Thanasis clatters into him. Didn't get a foul, by the way. They reviewed that play. That's why I, I actually am like, it's like weird. Like I'm all for like Thanasis is a danger to everyone because of how hard he plays. So I totally get where you're coming with that. The irony was, I mean, that was reviewed, and it wasn't even deemed a common foul, even right. Um, so, but it kind of pissed me off because I think Thanasis gets caught up in doing this like. Hey, I'm the perfect role player. I'm just going to hand off and set screens and whatever. And sometimes it's like, dude, you're not even good at handing the ball off. Like, you know, just sometimes just calm down and just dunker spot, wait there. And, you know, if there's something for you, like on a tip play or a dump off, like that's where, you know, you can get involved. But like, you don't need to be running, you know, pick and rolls with guys. Like, you know, it's, it's fine. And, that play was to me kind of the ultimate, like he screws up. He's basically like, it's like, we don't think of like a dribble handoff as a selfish play, but to me it was like, you could have just given it up early, but instead you had to be, look, look, I'm going to dribble the ball up and I'm going to do stuff and then hand it off. It's like, you don't need to do that, dude. And then he botches it. And then he feels like he has to try to make, you know, 
the home run play to save it on the other end, which, you know, that's just his mindset. And yeah, I mean, it was dangerous. Like I, you know, in the grand scheme of the NASA's plays, it was probably way more bad luck than, um, you know, like you said, I don't think he's like, you know, dirty per se. Right. But, um, it was definitely the, the Zach Lowe human bumper cart, um, analogy, you know, kind of at its, at its peak last night. And that's again, why, I, you know, uh, this is, this is just Frank saying like all the players that he doesn't want to see in the playoffs, like don't want to see Boogie Cousins, don't want to see Thanasis. Enjoyed that one block he had at the end of the third quarter, whatever that was, that one game. Um, but he got in like what, like a couple times against the Hawks and was part of just like horrendous blown switches, <laughs> switches that immediately led to wide open shots. I don't, I don't need to see Thanasis. Like his energy, I always root for him when he's in the game, but uh, yeah, let's 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 not act like there's some future where he's playing meaningful minutes in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean we saw that. So anyway, so so uh, so, think... so Greek fans, Greek fans can direct their ire at me, Kane, and not you, because I was the one saying somewhat negative things yeah. about the Nassus there. Leave, leave no. Kane alone. He didn't. He didn't do it. Nobody's nobody's I, listening I got... to this late in the podcast anyway. I got some pretty good, uh, you know, most, mostly the, the feedback was fine after yesterday's podcast. So I thought we'd moved on from that. And now you've come in like a, like a freight train and uh, you've, you've flipped it all around. But anyway, for anyone still listening at this point, I do feel sorry for you. But uh, we will be back tomorrow. Uh, Camille is on the podcast tomorrow. It's always fun when Camille's on. Uh, every time we have Camille on, we get great feedback as well. So it's going to be fun. Tomorrow we'll be talking in the lead up to the Bucks the day after playing the Rockets a few days off here. It feels weird. Um, particularly with how the schedule's been for a little bit here. But we'll wrap it up there. For Frank, myself, we'll be back with Camille tomorrow. We'll speak to you guys then.